Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are, wherever you are tuning in. Welcome once again to the Ezra Reads the Law podcast. I'm your host, Christopher Roman Orea. Uh, we're back uh, with our friend Alex Zank of Undying Light fame. He's uh, joining us again. Hey, Alex. He's, uh, <laughs> he's joining us again because we thought we'd actually get through all that uh, section of scripture last week and we did it. So <laughs> Totally did. Hey, did you get any hate mail from that one, by the way? I got no hate mail. I'm actually really excited to say that I think a couple of my friends are really like mulling it over and pondering the position. I'm like, oh, that's that's really wonderful. Like I'm listening to it. I probably have listened to it twice at this point. Just like I need to really like look at this and it's it's really exciting stuff. I'm I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful. Good. I good. It was a I, good job. Yeah. I, I was really uh really on the fence of getting some people that would you know, throw some backlash. I mean, no, it was funny because I did a Q and a on my stories the other day. I've lost 70 followers since I started I saw that. that. I, 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 I noticed the hemorrhaging at 20 lost. You said that you yeah. lost 20 followers in like yeah. an hour. It went 70 plus. Huh? Yep. 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 I did an update. I did an update that had it at 50 and I was, I'm really contemplating to say, and then the final verdict is, this number <laughs> but just just add a ticker that just keeps tallying how much you're losing here yeah that's funny that is funny goodness um well can't please everybody we no, have to have no. our uh, as i said at the end of the last episode we have to have our theological convictions um yep. can't please everyone yeah uh, that's the that's yeah. a sad reality to it all but what are, what are you gonna yeah. do what can you do really um, right so if anyone wants to catch up with us, where we're at right now is we're still in the third chapter of John. We're actually going to be looking at uh, verses 16 through 21, today, mm-hmm. which is kind of the ending cap of what we were working with last week. And if you remember last week, uh, we did the first 15 verses, not first 20. Uh, and Jesus and Nicodemus, Nicodemus came to Jesus by night and was asking a few things. And Jesus was um, summarily blowing Nicodemus's mind mm-hmm. uh, with the whole, you have to be born again, water and spirit. It just, it was cooking Nicodemus's brain cells there. 
Um, before we get into it, I want to go ahead and read the passage for us, if you will, uh, Alex. I'll go ahead and do that. Yep, go for it. All right. Uh, once again, we are in the, I think you're in this, uh, the ESV. I've been using the ESV for a few weeks now. Um, yes. ESV, John 3, verses 16, rather, through 21. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already, because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. And this is the judgment. The light has come into the world, and people love the darkness rather than the light, because their works were evil. For everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his works should be exposed. But whoever does what is true comes to the light so that it may be clearly seen that his works have been carried out in God. I get the sense anybody hearing that passage is going to, might feel a little pressure because there's, there's some pressure there a little bit. The, everyone who, who does wicked things, they hate the light. They don't come to the light. There's this uh, element of being exposed and being yeah exposed to the light. It's, it's pretty intense, huh? Yeah. It's, it's not, you know, it, it's not the whole f- fluffy John three sixteen, and then it just cuts off. It is. Yeah. It's it, the whole shebang. It is to the point. I mean, this is the needle tip here and I, I have a whole slew of thoughts on, on stuff before we really get into the meat of things, but I would, I want to make sure I'm not stepping on your toes okay, if you have anything okay. to jump off on. My first thoughts are just, I I'm, I'm struck with the, uh, we see the, the, the light and the dark motif, the, that people love the darkness rather than the light because their works were evil, which, um, for me kind of alludes, it, it takes me back again. It keys me back to the prologue of the gospel of John, which, uh, as I've mentioned already, probably several times that John, that are the, not John, John wasn't on my episode, on my podcast at any point in time, <laughs> but Thomas Sandow of Redeemed Meditations was a couple episodes back. We did that wedding in a Cana episode, and as he had said, uh, the entirety of the prologue keys to the rest of the Gospel of John. And I think I see that here with the uh, light and the dark mo- motif we see. Um, of course, I mentioned some aspect of this that's kind of a neat detail to note that th- there, there's some back and forth with different translators regarding rather these are the words of Christ speaking, which of course we will affirm as Orthodox Christians that these are all God's words, whether they're red letter or not. Right. Yep. But it's all Christ's words, really, if you think about it. But um, was this a quote from Christ or was this uh, John, the evangelist, uh, the gospel writer, narrating this part? I, I kind of lean more toward the latter camp where I think it it just strikes me as, um, as John had noted what was going on in the conversation with Nicodemus, that John came on and started to kind of expound a few things, sort of explain, but, but probably not worth really super getting hung up on. Um, I know verse 16 gets a lot more attention because I know the whole for God so loved the world. That's definitely gotten a lot of gristle and discussion uh, for both of us having kind of come out of the Calvinist camp to some extent or degree. Uh, Would you care to touch on that one? Yeah. So I want to kind of give a little bit of a precursor, I guess, before I dig into 
the 316 verse. And and I want to say that if I if I felt like I was beating you up last week with a oh with the with the baptismal view, it was not my position to. I I I you had mentioned that you'd listened to the episode a few times. I mm-hmm. I'm one of those like I can't stand the sound of my voice and so once I'm done recording it just goes out to the world. Yeah. <laughs> and so that, that's essentially what I do. I, I just go back at some point. It used to take me like a week or two to actually get back to an episode and listen. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I just want to make sure I didn't tank it that hard. So <laughs> that's, that's, me. Yeah. that's where I'm at. I might, yeah. I might do that every once in a while, but yeah, <laughs> I just, I don't care for my voice. And so, yeah. uh, I was just really, I don't know. I, it's, I've been chewing it over in my head the, the last few days since we've recorded and um, it just it sits in the back of my head and I'm like you know what I, even if I didn't trip step on people's toes or anything I just want to make sure that you know my view is is is, is a position for asking for forgiveness because you know there John is a is a phenomenal book to read and it's probably one of the most profound gospels because of the the deity that's demonstrated of Jesus Christ here. Right. And John chapter 3 is probably easily the most controversial chapter in the whole book if not the whole New Testament. And the passage with Nicodemus obviously has two different approaches to it, as we spoke of last week, yeah. you know, yeah. with, with your hermeneutics. And then now we're getting to this text here in 316 and it's, it's a, it's, a, this is a nail biter because on the surface, if we take this verse by verse on the surface, John 316 is essentially coming at the aspect of a universal approach. And, and I want to read you here. This is what Luther writes. This is what he says. He says, look at the words. I beseech you to determine how and whom he's speaking. No one here is excluded. God's son was given for all, all, all should believe and all who do not believe should not perish, etc. Take hold of your own nose. I beseech you to determine whether you are not a human being that is part of this world and yeah. like any other man you belong to the number of those comprised in the word all yeah are you human you're being referred to here yeah exactly and 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 i think i think calvinists and, and this is from my experience calvinists have a problem with the fact that uh, jesus died for all people like yeah and it's not that because that that they want to say, well, that cheapens the the atonement. Well, no one doesn't. It, it doesn't. No. No. Because at the end of the day, if if Jesus doesn't die for all people and he only dies for a few, then that, in my opinion, cheapens atonement. But what we're getting out of Scripture are all these texts that say God loved the world, God sent His Son into the world, Jesus, you know, came to save sinners. And but we also know that not everybody is going to be saved, as we yeah, will get to John seventeen here, is that if you don't believe, you're condemned. Yeah, exactly. It's for the the, the promises for those who are believing. Um, I'm thinking back to what, a part of what we handled last uh, week. I'm trying to take a highlight that magically appeared on my logos text. I'll fix that later. Um, <laughs> uh, we were talking about how just as the serpent going back to the Old Testament that was lifted up in the wilderness, mm-hmm. uh, you know, not everyone looked upon that that uh, 
raised serpent. Not everyone looked upon that rotten serpent, so not everyone was saved. Right. So, yeah, it, it, it's Christ died for we, we. He died to save us all. It doesn't mean everyone is going to have that saving faith. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I just again, I I, I want to really stress this kind of aspect that it's it's universal in its approach that the death of Christ was sufficient to cover all of the sins in the entire world throughout all of history, but it's limited in those who will actually believe. So, yeah. it had, so there's that duality to it. It, it wasn't that, and, and I don't think scripture is being stepped on if you say that Jesus died for the whole world, but yet only those who believe will be saved because we will get to 17 here and we'll talk about 17 and 18 with this word condemned that comes up. Yeah. But we we have to just take the text and say, okay, is this a historical narrative text? Is this a, you know, uh, an allegory being used? Is this a parable being preached? What is happening in the story? And, and, and again, you said at the top of the show is the 16 through 21, this dialogue that John is adding to yeah. kind of sum up what's happening here. Because right after this, uh, we get John the Baptist exits or exalts Christ. And that's 22 mm-hmm. through the end of the chapter. And, yeah. And, and if you go by a red letter uh, Bible, Jesus doesn't speak again until verse seven in chapter four, when he says, give me a drink to the uh, woman at the well, the Samaritan. Uh-huh. Nice. So yeah. Yeah. take it or however you want. As you said, if, if, if we take what Paul writes and say that this is God's word breathed out, then this is what Jesus is saying. So it doesn't matter whether Jesus actually spoke it to Nicodemus or if John is capsulating what he is known, you know, he hears from Jesus and writing it all down. And it says, right. boy, you know, this is my revelation to do, 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 It is <laughs> given to him by the Holy spirit. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's, it's still the inspired Theonustos breathed that word of God. Exactly. Yeah. And, and I think too, I'm going to kind of touch, I know you're probably looking at some of the same stuff I am, but this, you know, the word perish is essentially the eternal separation from God, right? If you believe you should not perish, uh, yeah. out of his immense goodness and mercy, God provides for public preaching of his divine eternal law and his wonderful plan for our redemption, that of the holy, only saving gospel of his eternal son, our only savior and redeemer, Jesus Christ. That is what this whole premise is building into. And I, I'm sorry to steal the thunder, but <laughs> I have to share, okay. I have to share this story. Yeah. And, and, uh, one of the questions that was asked to me in my Q and a was, um, I think it might've been something along the lines of our Catholics saved. Yeah. And I'll be flat out honest. If you have to come and ask me, is this denomination or that denomination saved? You are there. There's something inside you that's blinding you from the grace of God, because yeah. we we understand the Reformation, right? We you and me and uh, Thomas did an episode on Reformation Day. We talked about the split oh, yeah. split from the Roman Catholic Church, right? And 
and, and okay, so then we have the Protestant movement now that has all these different denominations in it and all these branches. Can you say that everybody in that Protestant movement is saved just because they attended church? And the answer is no. Just as the same way that you can say about the Roman Catholics. But can you say that there are saved people in both camps? Absolutely. I believe so. I, this For me, this touches me back to, uh, I don't know how many times, good brothers in the faith mm-hmm. uh, will often have, uh, and often it's with one who, like me, came out of a past in the Roman Catholic system. And they'll say, oh, well, you know, we have the true religion. We don't have, we're not like the Roman Catholics where we don't have that dead religion. It's dead religion. They're going based off what they've, I've visited a mass in the past with my, after becoming a Protestant with my mom, you know, they're still Catholic. I've visited a mass. I'm like, this is interesting. It's an interesting thing to observe. <laughs> it really is. Mm-hmm. But I, I'm like, you see people. And again, we don't know what's in people's hearts. We're not in a position to know uh, the heart of man. We're not, we're not God. That's um, true. But I can at least guess when I look at people who look like they're really grateful for the sacrifice Christ made for them. I know, I know they, they sacrifice them afresh every time with the mass and how mm-hmm. that goes. But like, there's some people I've seen who just, they, they look, you talk to them and they're Roman Catholic, but they understand that it's nothing that they do. All the good works they do, that none of it matters. They've verbalized that. Yeah. They're only saved by putting their trust in Christ. I'm like, Amen. Yeah. Nope. Yep. <laughs> like, you're Roman Catholic. I agree with you on that. Um, but like you want dead religion, you'll find dead religion in, uh, in just about any Protestant camp, just as easily as you'll find it in a Roman Catholic camp. Mm-hmm. You go to places, you go to the, go to the most boisterous revivalistic, uh, on fire, so to speak type Pentecostal churches like that. And you like, you'll still see people that are just going through the motions. Their motions are just a little more exciting. Yeah, and it's that way in any denomination. No denomination has the 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 Lutherans don't have the no. What would you call it? The like trademark stamp or whatever on true salvation, right? Yeah, perfect the perfect mark or something. Yeah, wheat and tares. You're gonna find wheat wheat and tares everywhere. Exactly. Yeah, and so I I think I responded to that question with just a simple. Uh, pronouncement of Romans ten nine that if you believe that Jesus Christ is Lord and you will be and he, God raised him then you will be saved. That's right. I saw that. I like that. Yeah. That is answer. that is the most simplest form of the gospel. And and yeah, as absolutely. and as we've talked about, John three sixteen is another uh, arm of the gospel here. But Paul writes this and he says, look, if if you can pro- proclaim this, if you can make this pro- proclamation with your mouth, then you will be saved. And this proclamation isn't for the faint of heart. This isn't for just the world to recite or, but if you truly believe that Jesus Christ is Lord and God raised him from the grave, then you'll be saved. And so yeah. then I get somebody that DM'd me and they're like, uh, asking me all these questions. They're like, are this person saved or is that person saved? I'm like, look, I'm like, you're, you're, you're creating too many divisions here. If, if a person speaks these words, the gospel is that simple. It is not yeah. about your work. It is not about your behavior. In fact, it's not even if you can repent good enough. <laughs> right. It is, it is about faith alone that saves. And, yeah. and, and I think, and, and I think some of the people, and, and I'm going to really get into this uh, on an upcoming episode on mine. Uh, 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 but I think the Calvinist camp gets so focused on works and fruit. fruit, Yeah. yeah, The fruit. When, when we neglect the simplicity of the gospel and that is 
if you believe, right? It says this right here that whoever believes in him should not perish. What does that echo? That echoes Romans 10, 9. It's really simple. It's really beautiful. Yeah, it is. I, it really is. I I wanted to say like, uh, I, I'm sorry, did you have more? No, I, I no, no, go for it. Just, just I was at, I, I, as you know, I ran a little late getting yeah. <laughs> here for, yeah. for us to sit down and record. Uh, I had been invited to, and I got to visit a friend. They had sort of a Friendsgiving at a church here near where I live. Uh, so it wasn't that bad of a drive down. I got to go. I got to visit. It took me like I sat out in my car for a minute because I'm I'm super socially awkward and didn't know anyone other than the one friend. I'm like, uh. we go in and, you know, because it's a Thanksgiving theme at the end of the night, everyone's invited to be able to come up. It's a very small church, very small congregation. Everyone's invited to come up and, you know, what are you thankful for? And of course, you know, a lot of people have been like, I'm thankful for Jesus Christ, kind of the Sunday school type answer. Mm-hmm. But like. I'm thinking because I mean, you know, I, I've thought, you know, I've I've let myself get hung up in the past on like, yes, we need to have good theology. We need to understand good, sound, proper theology. We need to be biblical. And I'll never, ever say that we don't need to do that. You know, right. I, you know, you know me, you know, I reject the mantra of, oh, I don't need theology. I just need Jesus. Well, if you're dealing and you're talking about Jesus, you're dealing with theology already. Yeah. But like, it's nice to sit there and I'm listening to people who are saying expressing their gratitude for Jesus Christ. And I'm so thankful to my Lord, my savior, Jesus Christ for how he's changed my life, for how he's changed my life to obey him and to, and I love that. And it's Mm -hmm. like, we see the power of the gospel to transform and it's, it's powerful. It's beautiful. Um, it really is that simple. I, I, I think in my time, maybe when I was a little deeper into the Calvinist thing myself, and I don't want to just flat out say that, Cause it almost feels like maybe I'm being unfair mm-hmm. in my assessment, but it kind of feels like at that time I was, I caught myself getting a little hung up on the soteriological aspects of it where it's like these details, like you put your faith in Christ. That's the promise that we have from our heavenly father on how we're saved. I'm thinking I didn't get a chance to go up and share my gratitudes, but like, you know what? I'm grateful for that. I'm so grateful for this gospel message because, and especially like I've had my ups and downs. I've called myself a Christian for maybe about a decade now, and I've had my ups and downs. I've had better seasons. I've had worse seasons. Mm -hmm. You and I talk a lot privately. You know, I'm going through one of my worst seasons. Um, Mm -hmm. Not worst, but I'm not going through a great season. Um, Got a lot of things happening in my personal life that are kind of not too great. Um, I know the ways that I've hurt people. I know the ways that I've messed up in life. And I'm like, Man, if I was stuck on like what food I'm producing, if I was focused on absolutely my obedience, I want to be obedient to God. I'm not going to, I'm not an anti, what's the term? Antinomialist. Yeah. The, yep. I'm not, I'm not anti-law. I understand that we should be obedient to Christ. And mm-hmm. I, I desire that. I screwed that up royally sometimes. Oh, I yeah. am so imperfect. And if I was going to be super hung up on how imperfect I am as a human being, then like, yeah, I, I'm going to have no hope. And no, you don't have hope if you rely on your own fleshly works. I'm sure, maybe I'm putting that wrong. I don't know. I figure it's making sense, but yeah, no, that, I think I think you're I think you're really yeah. hitting on something pretty crucial because you know at the end of the day uh, we are all sinners and, and absolutely. And I and I I'm, I'm holding back right now uh, what Luther says on on verse 18 here um, because <laughs> it really study Bible? yeah and look, yeah. and it I think it really summarizes 
what you were just talking about. But the fact of the matter is, is like, look, uh, we're not antinomialism. We're not, uh, you know, but at the other end of the spectrum, we're not legalists. You know, I'm not going to judge a person by their fruit and determine whether or not they're a Christian, because I know that there's just all sorts of different levels that Christ is being demonstrated in that person's life. Are you, uh, you know, going and helping at shelters? Are you helping the homeless? Are you or is it just simply, you know, I I help my neighbor pick up the house once in a while or I mow their yard every summer? It's 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 I think people get so caught up in the big things, you right. know, helping at a soup supper or like a, a homeless shelter doing soup suppers and, and uh, clothing the homeless and going on mission trips. It, it's like, but your neighbor needs that too. Yeah. And, and, and I think Luther summarizes it so well that God doesn't need your good works. Your neighbor does. Absolutely. Absolutely. And man, do we need that gospel message? You you had mentioned that Luther comment. Do you mind if I read it? I'm looking at yeah, it. Yeah, no, go for it. It's it, it throat punch it, right here. It really is. And I love it for that because, and I'll explain why. Like, uh, under God's judgment condemned, verse 18 of this passage, uh, Luther can be quoted here. All men are already condemned and imprisoned to be damned eternally. That's heavy. That's like. That's that's the, the guillotine sin, man sin, dropping. Sin, yeah, sin has condemned us all. We're all yep. doomed. But mm-hmm. that there's that but. But the Son of God was given to us to redeem us from that judgment. And it's like, to basically summarize what I was getting mm. at altogether was exactly that. Like, I got no hope. I'm a mess. I'm a mess of a human being. Yeah. We're all jacked up. We really are. Like, Jesus is the literal only hope I have. Like, I got nothing. I got nothing. I have uh, Luther's works, which is quoted here. It's uh, Luther's works, volume 22. And I want want to carry this little comment a little bit further than what he writes here. He's got pages on just this verse, by the way. (laughs) He says the believer is freed through Christ from the judgment, which is already in force. Right. So Luther's saying that the judgment has already been rendered to you, that you are guilty before you were even born. But yeah. The believer is freed through Christ. So he goes on to say, all men are already condemned and imprisoned to be damned eternally. But the son of God had given us, uh, given to us to redeem us from that judgment. No matter how the devil and your conscience may harass and worry you, this comforting doctrine remains true and certain, provided that your faith is true and sincere. And then you need not to fear that Christ will address you on judgment day with those words from Matthew 25, depart into eternal damnation. Uh, you know that he will say instead, Matthew 25, 34, come O blessed of my father. If our hearts could grasp the fact that we need not fear the final judgment, what joy they would find as for me, the words depart from me are null and void for over me. I find inscribed the word come O blessed and if judgment has been abrogated, then it follows that all of the other evils, such as sin, death, and the devil and hell have also been eliminated. And he's got, oh, probably five more paragraphs just on this verse. And it's phenomenal the depth that he takes in, in exegeting a single verse. I, I mean, I, I think there's three or four pages just between verses 16 and 18. Wow. On just those three verses. That's exciting stuff. 
and and I've read I've read through not not page by page, but I've read through his work on Romans and Galatians. And and I'll tell you what, there's not a commentary in the world that is as good as Luther's is on Galatians. There's not a single one in the world. I don't care who you are, what denomination you are. Luther has literally hands down the best Galatians commentary, and I would probably put him in the top three for Romans. Hmm. I, I think I'd heard about his uh, Galatians commentary. I believe I have heard of that, of the work he's done on that. I, I've been eyeballing, a, I think it was Luther's commentary on the Sermon on the Mount, but that, that's like a whole side tangent. Mm-hmm. Uh, as I've told you, that's coming up in the future for me at some point, and I'm excited once we talk on that one, but that, that's, a, that's a whole different time and place, yeah. Um, what else can we look at in, at this passage here, uh, Alex? I, I, I'm super excited, by the way, because this is how ADD I am. Where I love this, I love what we're discussing, and it's wonderful. But there was also that small part of my brain that's just like, how do I remove this highlight? And I finally figured it out. I'm, <laughs> I'm satisfied that I finally yeah. figured out how to remove the logos highlight. This is my life, people. I so, uh, <laughs> I, I use logos daily. Yeah. Uh, when I copy and paste my bible verses and stuff because i oh yeah i think i I think i was telling you i'm like i just don't have the time to uh take a verse and exegete it myself so i have great study bibles in my grips so i'm just gonna copy and paste that data over and i yeah i've done i've done exactly that for preparation notes for episodes yeah and i can't tell you how many times i fat finger stuff and i get (laughs) i get a whole text highlighted i'm like no i don't want to highlight this you have to go back and delete it first purple yeah exactly yeah it is it is obnoxious and so but i mean there's there's the 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 thing with 316 through 21 Mm -hmm. there's so much depth to this that it's is this is like this should be every theologian's playground. You yeah. you could spend your entire life preaching these five verses and and win so many people to Christ. Because in this there is so much death. I mean, I I really think what you said when, you know, the prologue and John that he's talking about the light coming into the world, like I think that this passage just blows that up. It just, just opens it, kind of unfolds it, it for you. Yeah. It's and, wonderful, yeah. I mean, if we just look at, uh, okay, so we have 18, whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is already condemned. We know that there is a difference between believers and unbelievers. We've discussed mm-hmm. that and probably on every podcast episode ever made. And, yeah. and then 19, John goes on and he says, and this is the judgment. Here's the point, right? So... Uh, this is what Luther was saying at the point of judgment that the light has come into the world. That's Jesus Christ. And, and yet the people loved the darkness rather than the light because of their works were evil. Just that's heavy, man. it is. And, and yeah. just 19, you look at the times that Jesus was preaching and how much confrontation he experienced and how much blowback from the Pharisees and the scribes. I mean, he, it was so bad as we talked about last week that Nicodemus had to come to him under cover of night just, yeah. just to have a conversation with him because he knew that if he was caught during the day or even, and he even risked it the nighttime here, but if he was that, caught, it wouldn't go so well. Huh? Yeah. It, he, yeah. He could have been removed from his position. Yeah. And 
And so we, we see the, the darkness just swirling around. You know, the Pharisees, as Jesus will go on to call them, uh, you are like whitewashed tombs. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's probably one of the worst insults you could say to somebody. <laughs> I mean, hey, man, you're beautiful on the outside, but inside you're <laughs> dead you're and rotten, rotten and decaying. Rotten man, dead man's bones. It is like, <laughs> oh, man. And but it's it's so heavy, but it's so true. I it mean, is, man. yeah. And 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 I and I really have to really hang on this aspect that we have Christ as a light, and 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 even though we we sin, we as Christians are not wicked people, right? Because John goes on and he says, "For everyone who does wicked things." hates the light so if you're doing wicked things you're already opposed to the light that that doesn't say if you do sinful things right it doesn't and it and john doesn't really talk about you know uh kind of what it is you know the lutheran study bible says those with moral uh low moral standards hate uh disclosure of their foul deeds just as marauders of the night flee the day so there's not like a they're doing X, Y, and Z. It's not a list of what these wicked things are. But if you think about morality in a sense, let's say uh, abortion clinics right now, this is a prevalent thing being pushed in the Christian community. If you, if you are working in a clinic or performing these things and turning a blind eye to them and you call yourself a Christian, you are fooling yourself. Because you yeah. are participating in wicked things, child sacrifice. And, and to see, this is actually even a bigger demonstration here. If we go all the way back to Genesis with Abraham, Genesis 12, 15, 17, 22, uh, I'm going to be preaching. I might touch on it this Sunday. Nice. That, uh, when, when Abraham was called out of the land of Ur, he was called away from the child sacrifices. Actually, I will be preaching on this because uh, I'm going to be preaching on the sacrifice of Isaac or the, uh, the request of, and he, so he was taken out of this land of pagan worship where they sacrificed humans and babies. And so when Abraham is told, Hey, go kill your kid by God. He doesn't question it because he's just, that's what he's known for the last 75 years. Yeah. He's he's like a hundred and I don't know, 12 or whatever. By the time he takes Isaac up the mountain, but you know, yeah. And so it just, uh, it's just mind blowing how much interconnectivity we have in scripture. And again, um, what is the book? It's called scripture. Let me see if I can find it. I don't know if I can, if logos is going to work fast enough for me here. Um, da, 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 da. I got to go all the way do here. Okay. Com- oh, commentary, no. commentary resource, the treasury of, of scripture knowledge. knowledge. Yes, I can I, never, I, <laughs> I can never remember that name. I use this, this, piece of scripture every single week in my sermon prep it's a book and the it's a it's a huge book and it goes from genesis to revelation and it goes verse by verse and it and it takes words or small phrases and keys them and connects them to every other verse and that is listed so for instance uh i've got genesis 15 because this was last week's prep open up on my screen um and just 
this passage from Genesis 15, I have probably a hundred. Oh, I'm sorry. I have 347 oh passages. <laughs> Three it is a, it is it, a real incredible resource. Yeah. And, and logos will open all of it. <laughs> I love that. Treasury I, inscription knowledge. I'm is, pulling that up now too. Yeah. yeah. It is, it is a, treasure to have if it you is. are just studying scripture but it is complex to use it is not mm-hmm. it is not for the faint of heart so uh, take, <laughs> take yeah, it little by little this isn't your usual uh cross-reference system in your bible mm-hmm. this is your usual cross-reference system on steroids it's this massive. is yeah this it's is so massive this is like bodybuilder gross grotesque monster level <laughs> <laughs> that's funny that, that's funny oh my word i'm actually i'm I'm hopping back to our passage i'm, I'm hopping around here on logos i'm i'm, uh, I'm good at, at rabbit trails here if you've ever listened to any of my shows ladies and gentlemen i am a rabbit hole pursuer <laughs> so am i and i i am i'm gonna admit i actually feel moderately focused tonight so as yeah. i lap my phone down to the ground perfect <laughs> yeah Let's get that going i the, that that's so heavy. Verse mm-hmm. what was it? Verse 20. nineteen. Yeah, about nineteen and twenty. 20. Yeah, mm-hmm. and twenty. Whoever yep. does the, the, those who do the wicked things hate the light. They don't come to the light lest their works should be exposed. Like I've felt that heaviness, you that's, know. And it's that's like mo- millstone, dude, around the it neck. Really, it really, it's heavy. It's like you got you got the legalist Christians that are going to slam you and say you're a backsliding Christian, or you're like yeah. you're not a real Christian. They're going to they're going to question your salvation because of the things that you're slipping up in. And it's like, again, we're, we're not trying to make the excuse for any of these things at all. Like Paul himself says in his writings, I believe in Romans, right? Where, you know, should we just sin more? The grace abounds? No, no, flat out. No. Paraphrase yeah. Yeah. A little bit, but, but yeah, we're not advocating. Oh yeah. Just be loose with your sin life. Like, no, sin sucks. Sin <laughs> is your fault. It really does. There's no better way to put it. Yeah, it will condemn you. It will condemn you and separate you from God. It will condemn you to hell. Uh, your sin, unrepented, and uh, if you don't put your trust in Christ, knowing that he's the only salvation we have. All we have is in Christ. Like, that's all the salvation we have for our sin. That's the remedy. That's the answer is Christ. So, speaking of backsliding, um, yeah. I, I have to quote this. Uh, I'm going to try to go through it pretty quick here. Okay. Um it, it's by uh, a rapper you and I both enjoy listening to. It's Flame. <laughs> he was he was on Undying Light um, back in that. June. I loved having him on. He's such a brilliant mind. So this is what he has in his song Sola Fide. He says when you he says when you believe in the doctrine of election the way Calvin did, like I did, because he used to be a Calvinist. He okay. says you're pretty much grid rock grid locked into a system in such a way that functionally, yet you believe. That you are saved by faith alone, but for a large part, you look to your sanctification for your assurance. That's just facts. Yeah. And then he says, yeah, then he goes on and says back in 2008, back when I wrote a song called who can pluck us remember, and I gave it a whole list of ways that you can test yourself just to discover 
if you're really in the faith, part of the elect. <laughs> oh, yes. Or, I went back and looked that song up yep, after that one. Yeah. <laughs> or one of the brothers. I sent you to First John in order to find if you were one of the brothers, God forgive me, or one of the sisters. I followed the system but took out of context that John was addressing antinomialism in the photonostics. Connect mm-hmm. that. He was not trying to give you a test just to check your genuine faith or to provide a place where you're assurance to find your assurance as if your works are the primary way hold up if we say that we are we have not sinned then we make him out to be a straight liar and his word is not yeah Yeah. and his word is not in us uh, and his word is not in is not in us is a signifier he's not writing uh he's not writing doubting believers to give them a test so they can clearly see if they're saved or not but he's sending a warning warning to christians against these heresies go read it and then he goes on to the lyrics and i i was looking for one particular line and i don't know if it's in this song or another one on his album but he he goes back and he says that you know you how can you say that you know or you would go he goes on to talk about how people uh doubt their assurance or something and he's like well you know you're still struggling with that same old sin Mm, yeah i think i want to say that's the same song you send yeah. that person don't send them inside themselves you send them outside outside of this yep, you remind yep, here them of their salvation you're right yep 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 he goes uh he goes he's been saved now for how long oh, and he's mm. still struggling with the same flaws then you prescribe him uh, you prescribe he scuba dive into that same heart <laughs> that sin filled, yeah, hope killed, broken willed, and super dark. You don't send that per- person inside himself. You remind him that you remind that saint that it's extra yeah. nose outside himself. I, I love that little catch. You remind that saint because whatever yeah. they're struggling with, whatever mm-hmm. sin that they're fumbling with, that they're they were called and saved of Jesus Christ. Exactly. So you remind them that their salvation is of Christ and not in themselves. It's external to them. Yeah. That's beautiful. I love that. I want to say that's the same song that has this one line. Quick to quick to say, are you a saved soul? You on go mode. I'm like, I love that because <laughs> I've I've made my bad choices. I've made my sinful uh, mistakes in the past. Yeah. I've made I've I've we've all sinned. We all sin if we say we're without sin again like you said like the lyric says and the scripture says Mm -hmm. we're a liar that's uh, it we say without sin um and i've had people hit me in my lowest points where they're just like you know i'm not sure you are a christian i'm Mm -hmm. like thank you that's like that's (laughs) i get what what hope what hope is in that i get i get told that a lot on instagram so oh yeah (laughs) probably probably a couple times a month at least so (laughs) yeah and again we're not antinomialists we're not advocating for just a willy-nilly free-ranging sinful life go go get your hookers and your blow. I'm going to offend. I don't know how many people tonight. Uh, <laughs> we're not advocating a, a reckless sin soaked lifestyle. We're not, we're, we're advocating that you turn and put your trust in Christ and you obey Christ. And that's what we try to do. But we also know we're human and we're not perfect and we're going to sin. Sin's going to happen. We strive and we fight not to sin. We fight against the flesh, but you and, know, and, yeah, I think it's, I think it's, Brilliant here because John wraps this and he says, but whoever does what is true comes to the light 
so that it may be clearly seen that his works have been carried out in God. Yes, absolutely. It's not a measure of making sure that you do those things. It's a premise that if you are a Christian, you will have this, this desire given to you by the Holy Spirit to want to perform these. It's you've been given this freedom to finally openly love your neighbor and your family, your spouse. I mean, you're, you've got so much that's just given to you. But we also have to understand too, that this text also gives us the, the, the opposite, that there will be many who do not, uh, want their wicked deeds exposed. They will remain in the dark. And, and I have to, I have to go down a completely left turn here. Um, because I, I really want, I, I'm going to kind of, I, I have a way to connect this. I promise. Um, so my, so I, I like to lift weights and I, ha- I haven't been able to lift for a couple of months because of a stupid injury. <laughs> so I've been kind of tinkering with my playlist and I'm trying to find a way now it's, you know, once my son kind of gets a little bit better sleep patterns, I can go to the gym in the morning, yada, yada, yada. But uh, one of our friends, mutual friends on Instagram, uh, enjoys heavy metal and, okay. and he sent me this band. It's called diamonds to dust. I think I've heard of them. Yeah. And he is sent, this, is this Saul? Are we talking about Saul? Uh, yeah, Saul. Yep. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and, he, and he sends the song Corpus Christi and, oh, nice. And it's a pretty heavy song. Like, you know, if you're into like death metal or heavy metal or anything like that, you barely can make out what they're saying. So okay. Okay. Uh, kind of take it with a grain of thought, grain of salt, but <laughs> it's definitely hard to, uh, hard enough that it's good to lift to. Nice. And Perfect. at the very end of this song, they quote Luke 22 verses 17 through 19. But. And I'll read those verses to you. But in the song, they say in Latin. Oh, wow. It is it is a trip. And and so <laughs> the verses translate and he says, and he took a cup, which he had given thanks to. He says, take this, divide it amongst yourselves. For I tell you now that I will not drink of the fruit of the vine of the kingdom until uh, until the kingdom of heaven comes. And he took bread, gave thanks, and he broke it, gave it to him, saying, take and eat. This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Those are the two verses. And so the what I'm what I was going to how I would tie this all back together is it's a really cool song that Christians come together to sing about but there's such a fundamental truth here at the very end that luke is writing to uh, and you get it in matthew and mark as well the institution of the lord's supper and when you go into church and you partake in communion that is when you get that remembrance of this forgiveness of sins given to you it it, it happens at least in the lutheran church it should happen in multiple points it should happen in the beginning of the church with the absolution and confession and then it should happen uh in the prayer it should happen in the sermon and then it should happen in the communion that comes after so you should leave that church going if i get nothing else out of the service today i know my sins are forgiven Right. And that is that is the the whole thing to what we've been talking about this entire show is if you have faith, you are saved. Yeah. 
whoever believes, whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. That's it. That is, that's all she wrote, man. <laughs> there's, there's nothing else we can add to it. Like, I, lo- I love having these conversations with you on this, on this podcast, Alex, but like, we really probably could have just been like, look, put your faith in Christ, believe in him, but you don't perish. <laughs> just been like five, 10 second long episode. All right. Mm-hmm. Thank you. See yep. you next week. Yep. But I'm, I am glad we got to handle this passage. And Very much. It's, it's the beautiful, beautiful, beautiful gospel message. So the sin being so ugly and how it damns humanity in its entirety. Uh, it's like putting a really sparkling diamond, the gospel, against this black velvet backdrop. You yep. see how beautiful it is. It is gorgeous. Yeah. And it's like, I think I, I I think I hammered this point enough. I know I touched on it last time when we were talking about the whole born again thing and how we can kind of, especially if we've been Christians for a long time, we can become very familiarized with these terminologies and these things. Um, and it's like, yeah, most Christians will look at their Bible, look at a passage like this, and be like, well, yeah, we believe in Jesus. That's why we're doing the whole Christian thing, you know? Yep. But to really... I don't know. Maybe you have to be as big of a screw up at life as I am. I don't know. (laughs) Like to be constantly reminded, you just like have to look at your own fallenness and just be like, yeah, I really need this gospel. Like, and it doesn't matter how long Christian, if you're listening to this, you're a fellow believer and you've called yourself a Christian for, I don't know how many years, decades, whatever. I don't think that you don't need the gospel. You need the gospel every bit as much as somebody who's a non, a non-believer yep. that is, uh, you're sharing the gospel with. You need it every bit, bit as much Christian. The gospel message is for all of us. That's, that's as true as true can be. Yeah. So Alex, it was definitely a great chat. Yeah. Having you on for this one. I, I think, I think we can probably wrap it there. huh? I think so. I don't know how many more, how much more we can really beat on this dead horse. So <laughs> put your, put your trust in Jesus Christ. Put your trust Yeah. today. Don't hesitate. Put your trust in a uh, God's promise for mm-hmm. mankind and how we're saved in Jesus Christ. Yep. Just, okay. uh, just don't yeah. go around saying you invited Jesus into your heart. Please don't. Please don't. <laughs> hey, really, you know? really, really quick. I do. I do have to ask this question because, yes. uh, this text does kind of bring something to light. Okay. I, uh, I watched a movie tonight. And I, I think the framing of the words could have been a little better and, and I'm probably going to butcher it, but um, it was kind of around the premise of, uh, you know, gospel pr- proclamation. Somebody's sharing the gospel and they said, and all you have to do is just, in, you know, is accept Jesus. Yeah. And, and it's like, okay, so I, I kind of have some beef with that particular framing, uh-huh. but at the same time, us in our own sinful manner, we try to say, okay, that was the point that I accepted Jesus, or that's the point that I started believing or whatever, however you want to frame it. Yeah. Our salvation was written before the foundations of the world. God knew who he would save and who is not going to be saved. And that is why when the gospel proclamation goes out to 10,000 people and only so many thousand respond, that is God's doing. Uh And, and so I think sometimes as well, Christians can get caught up on this whole like framing of words. You know, I could say I didn't become a Christian and start believing in Jesus until you know, well into my twenties. Did I accept Jesus? Yeah, I accepted Jesus because he accepted me long before this. Uh-huh. Yeah. 
by his spirit, by his spirit, we had that heart change. Like, yep. I can't, I can't pinpoint to you when I became, I know when I started calling myself a Christian, yep. I, I'm like, I screwed up. I've screwed up so many times. So royally since that time in my life, it's like, God knows when it happened. Yeah. Like, I just know, like you said, before the foundations of the world. Right. Right. Yeah. And I'm grateful because like I said before, and I'll say it and I'll say it till I'm blue in the face. I have nothing without Christ. I've, I've got no worth without Christ. Like my, he hit his, that promise that God has given me to uh, have that salvation by putting my faith in his son who came and died for me. Like that's, that's the most precious thing I have. Like I got guitars, I got possessions, I got any number of things. I got friends, I got loved ones, whatever. And none of it matters. God Mm -hmm. can take it all away in a flash. And that's fine. As much as it would hurt, as much as it would suck, because I have the most important thing and that's Christ. Yes. That's amen to that. That's a brilliant, brilliant way to close it. Thank you. Thank you, Alex. Alex Sank, he is the host of the Undying Light podcast. If you're not following and listening to him now, you should be. Uh, Go find him on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your pods, uh, the Undying Light podcast. You can find him on Instagram, it's quorum.deo.life, correct? That's correct. Yeah. I'm feel- <laughs> working to change all my, uh, all my handles and somebody, a new patron of mine had actually submitted the, all these screenshots are like, Hey, I was just kind of perusing through your stuff and I seen all this old references. I'm like, Oh, I have to go back. I had oh, to do yeah. a whole bunch of maintenance to like oh, no. all of my backend stuff yesterday to the podcast oh, no. page and to the website. It, and <laughs> it was all still key to reform stopped- life. Style, yep. uh, mm-hmm. oh boy mm-hmm. yeah that was that was alex's old uh, handle if you're unaware of that um but he is on instagram at quorum that's c-o-r-a-m dot deo d-e-o dot life quorum deo life uh what does that mean again alex if you want to give a the audience a little brief sure. on that. so quorum deo is latin for the uh in the presence of god and so the premise and i, I actually explained this on for, uh, tomorrow's episode uh wait wait, wait today's wednesday friday's episode yes. um <laughs> is it wednesday i, I don't keep i have i have thir- 13 minutes left before it's not wednesday anymore oh boy. <laughs> so I uh, yeah, Iowa time. Um, so I explained this a little bit on the show, actually, and uh, but I'll I'll give the pretext here too. Is in the in the presence of God is how a Christian should live their life, and so our lives should be lived in the presence of God. And so that's what Cormdale life is. So it's that staple of everything should always be focused on God. As sinful and as terrible as I am at keeping true to that, that is the goal of this new uh, name for the page going forward that yeah. all things should be rooted and built upon scripture yes absolutely absolutely i i love it love it you can find him on instagram go follow him uh at quorum dot dale dot life quorum dale life um also extra nose ministries you're still working on that one too huh yeah so that's kind of a conjunction between me and another partner and we've the, i don't know if they want me to name them but uh okay <laughs> uh, i think you know who it is but they've been doing I, all the graphics yeah, work I, yeah I, yeah i can take guesses i'll keep my mouth shut um <laughs> my guesses might be wrong anyway so yeah <laughs> Well, that's I, cool. Yeah, I, I, I haven't really talked it over with them to see if they want me to like 
blast them out on social media for the work they've done. But uh, they do a lot of the posting on that page. But what we're going to try to get to is um, using that as kind of a foundation, foundational piece to uh, Extra Nose Ministries. And we want to start providing uh, content that is edifying and um and, and teachable to just the simple lay people of the church, you know, Very cool. people Very that can cool. just pick up and say, ah, uh, I never knew that before. And now I do. And it's, you know, there's, there's great ministries out there that do the most complex dives, you know, Christ is cure. Nick, he goes into some of the most deep theological circles. I mean, he's, Oh yeah. He's, he he's goes hard. And I love yeah. It. And he's prepping a show right now about the Nicene creed. And I mean, I, I'm, I'm watching him go and read these Greek and Latin texts, and I'm just thinking, yeah, uh, you he know, that's papyrus pieces on yep, his story. I was like, yep. oh, I drooled. I'm not. I'm it was, gonna nip Christ's appear just so you know. I drooled over those. So, yeah, <laughs> awesome. And you know, he does a phenomenal job at taking the complex stuff and 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 simplifying it. And so, yeah. you know, that's his niche. My niche is to you know take the. The, to take scripture and and to expound it and hopefully make it easy for the lay people to understand in in yeah. all of that essence. That's that's definitely what I hope for. And I'm I'm just like I've said before. I'm just the knucklehead that got up and said, "Hey, I want to share God's word." Simple as that. And, yep. Um, if you wanna, if you guys wanna follow, remember again, follow Alex on social media. Uh, find his podcast, Undying Light. Me, you can find me on Instagram at Ezra Reads the Law. You can. Uh, email me, uh, Ezra reads the law at gmail.com. I almost accidentally said one of my personal email addresses. That's funny. Um, <laughs> and we, I look forward to seeing you guys again next week when we continue on here in the gospel of John, as we continue with the harmony of the gospels we're working through. Alex, thank you again for yeah, joining. Thanks me for having me. Absolutely. Everyone have a good night. Have a good morning. Have a good week. God bless you. God and bless. I look, forward to, look forward to doing this again. Yeah, absolutely. sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusion Supply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.